Part of BlindsidePods.com. Refusing to be silenced. It's the only unfiltered media podcast in America. This is Trash Talk. And now, here he is, your boy, Blind Mike. Welcome to a super fan roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. Oh, that's right, baby. If you love the Menafan Show, too bad. It's Mike's show now, bitches. I'm hosting. <laughs> I'm taking over for Drunk Eric Curtis. He's out. It's me and John. And uh, I, uh, I prepared all week for a show. And then at the last minute... The Minifans, as always, riding my coattails, they said, Mike, please, we want to be on Trash Talk. And I said, guys, listen, I'm going to promote you a little bit. We'll do a swap cast. We'll go back and forth. So we're putting this out. If you're a Trash Talk fan, you're hearing it. If you're a Minifan fan, you're hearing it. And uh, I've got both the boys here this week uh, because apparently there's a lot to get to. And I guess we're going to start with uh, if you're a fan of Kirk Minahan, which obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you are. Um, because we're all fanboys. There was a podcast scrubbed this week, and apparently, you know, that hasn't happened in the in the no. new in the new version of Enough About Me since since Kirk left WEI. We haven't had a podcast scrubbed yet. Now it's finally happened. People wondered when this was going to happen. So to comment, I brought in two experts, the Minifans fans <laughs> themselves, uh, John and PA, also known as Mark Hannon's Balls, and Drunk Eric Curtis. What's up, man? What's going on, boys? Uh, we, uh, not too much. Yeah, so we, we have uh, the first, I, I call it a podcast uh, smash-up spectacular, Mike and the Minifans, the debut episode. To me, I think that sounds better than, what did you call it, a swap? Swapcast? What yeah. are we, fucking swingers club here? Swap, <laughs> swapcast? What I really yeah, wanted. Uh, Richard and Sal would be doing, calling yeah. uh, radio <laughs> swap shops. What we should have done, if we had any production skills, was uh, make a Mike and the Minifan jingle akin to Mike and the Mad Dog. Well, that's, that was short notice. That's, that's real branding right there. Yeah, if next we do time. this again, we'll do next it again. We'll do it again. Um, I know that DEC, you're, he's the man with these jingles, and he's got that sultry radio voice, so he, he could does. easily put yeah. something together like that. He does. <clears throat> uh, so what's the deal here? There's a podcast scrubbed. A lot of people are curious. What's going on? People are panicking. Is Entercom finally silencing Kirk again? Uh, <laughs> is that what's going on or no? Are there more details? Uh, um. It's not necessarily what's going on. Now, I don't know what happened today. I know that judging from uh, Dave Cullinane, who was on our, on the Minifan show last week, judging from his tweet, he said that today was like a train wreck of a day. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. If you listen to Kirk's podcast today uh, with uh, Stuttering John, he also said, like, you know, this could be the last one. I think, that's, I think that's a little alarmist. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I do think, though, that there is a, uh, there is a valid – I don't want to say valid reason, but there is a legitimate reason why they're worried and they're worried because Kirk's article or Kirk's uh, podcast that he did that was scrubbed it should have been episode 101 uh, had to deal with the Robert Kraft situation and then two Boston Globe articles one by Bob Holer the second by our favorite uh, little shank boy Dan Shaughnessy uh, and if you if you actually uh, listen if you still are one of the few brave folks out there that listen to Mutton Callahan Not you would me. <laughs> yeah but I sent you the sound if you I got uh, it if if you listen, you'll actually get a a pretty good snippet of what Kirk's podcast uh, is discussing. Um, 
we could maybe play that and then we can explain it a little bit further. I'll give some more context. When we can explain for those of because I know that our listeners are probably not listening to Mutton Callahan. Uh, let's let's play something that you that you might not have caught uh, on Mutton Callahan if you have it, DEC. Or twenty second. Kraft hires prominent attorneys to fight the charge, including Jack Goldberger, who defended Jeffrey Epstein, the financier accused of trafficking underage girls for sex. I don't think he's accused. I think he's convicted. Mm-hmm. But we all know Jeffrey Epstein is evil. He's scum. He's the worst of the worst. He raped children, took pictures of naked little girls and put them all over his house. Right? Right. On the same day, or I should say the next day, you know who was writing for the Boston Globe? You know who had a column featured in the Boston Globe? That would be yesterday. Alan Dershowitz. <gasps> you know what Alan Dershowitz did? defended jeffrey epstein so bob Kraft is unfit to own the team because he hired a attorney for epstein the globe has a column they're paying another attorney for jeffrey epstein alan dershowitz and do you know what alan dershowitz did beyond defending jeffrey epstein he went to jeffrey epstein's house for a massage he went uh that's quote unquote for right. a massage that's his defense mm-hmm. all he did was get a massage now at least one of the girls has accused him of doing much, much more than that. Um, you know, we can get into all the details if you want. But Dershowitz's defense is that he went to this 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 scumbag's mansion in South Florida where there were pictures of naked girls on the wall and got a massage from a woman who was of age. So this guy works for the Globe. The Globe says... Kraft is unfit to own the team because he hired another guy. Because he hired a lawyer, another who lawyer defended a, <laughs> a, up, a monster. Right. But did that mean just because you hire a lawyer? I mean, there's that's what defense lawyers, what lawyers do. do. Defense lawyers have to. They- 617-779-7937. We'll get right to the bullpen after this. <laughs> now, so uh, to, to quote a, a wise man, make me smarter here and tell me why this would be. If if Kirk did a similar thing to what Jerry's doing in that clip and kind of just talked about that whole situation and the hypocrisy at the Globe, why is that something that would be scrubbed from a podcast and, and in the legal department? Well, I think there's a couple aspects to that. Number one, it shows how little management is paying attention to Mutt and Callahan now that Kirk is gone. <laughs> Uh, clearly, uh, nobody's listening or paying that's attention still up, because because I, I that is still up. I, I listened back. I didn't catch that segment originally. I went back and listened later, and it was still up. Yeah, maybe it's Jerry up. just doesn't have the stroke that he used to. That people don't take him as being serious, but when Kirk says it, it it resonates. Well, you know, other than Jerry's voice kind of you know giving out, get blowing a tire there halfway through, right. I do I do have to commend him for that because. You know, this all ties back into something that Kirk mentioned on his Periscope, is that Kirk was going to do a podcast with Christian Fourier. Christian Fourier backed out for what he said was legitimate reasons. And he decided that he was going to do an impromptu investigative, you know, uh, piece where he was going to point out the hypocrisy of the globe using this exact point. And what folks don't know, and Kirk uh, mentioned this in, in, in the Periscope, is that Kirk actually wrote an article. Uh, about Dershowitz specifically for Radio.com that never saw the light of day, right? So um, that's what he's mentioning. He's mentioning the fact that there's an article that was written. It was never published. Uh, Kirk wrote it, and he's pointing out the double standard of the Globe. And the fact that one of the things that I think is most alarming in there is if you go to the Globe's website and you look up Alan Dershowitz, and again, you know, this is all our opinion, right? We're not talking facts here. We don't want This is all we're talking, our opinion here. Our opinion is that 35 columns from somebody who was allegedly involved 
with Epstein and somebody who has allegedly, you know, had uh, massages done by, uh, and he claims, of age girls. 35 columns, 35 opinion pieces run through the editor, Shirley Luong, and not a single mention, not a single word or a sniff, or even just, just, just raising the question of, hmm, we're this paper that values Me Too, values women's rights and women's issues, believing victims, right? They write columns about how folks should believe, you know, victims with the uh, Kavanaugh, the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Yet the next day, you've got this guy who was credibly accused. Again, this is all open record. We're not accusing him of everything. He was accused by folks uh, that by uh, Virginia Roberts, I believe was her name, and not a sniff from the Globe. You think? Well, here's something I thought of earlier, and I want to get your guys' opinion. You think if one of the three of us used our real names, like if I said, hey, I'm Mike Geary, I, you know, I'm a young upstart journalist, <laughs> I want to have you on the podcast, you think I could trick her into doing it? Who, Shirley? Yeah. Um, I was wondering that today. If I, like, if I tell her I'm blind Mike and I want to talk to you about Kirk, I don't think she would do it. But I think if I maybe think I said this way. Yeah. Uh, hi, Shirley. My name is <laughs> Mike Geary. And what I do is I do a podcast on matters including the local media. I'd like to talk to you about women in journalism. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'd like to talk to you about the impact women have in journalism. (laughs) And because you're the editor of The Globe, I think you have a story to tell as somebody from a traditional minority group and a woman who's risen risen to the top. Would, Would you join us on our... On our little soiree. We might have I to think do if this. You did don't don't blow like this, that. listeners. We might have to actually do this. Because I think I could get her on. <laughs> I think if you did it that way and tricked her into thinking this is an NPR type thing, then she might do it. Because yeah. it, it, it is sad that you have an editor that won't answer questions like that. Because it's like, that just means no one's being held accountable at that paper. And it's the news source of Boston, supposedly. And there's just no... it's. Hypocrisy on top of hypocrisy. Everything from Kevin Cullen to Shirley Long, everyone there, Pete Abraham tells people to kill themselves and also to be nicer yeah. to him on Twitter. It's like I think every, he says everyone drink there. chlorine is what he Yeah, says. yeah, drink yeah. Chlorine. Drink bleach, all that shit. So it's just it's an endless mountain of hypocrisy at the globe and just no one answers for it. And that's kind of well, just the liberal mindset, I guess, now, which is kind of sad. Well, here's here's the thing is this all comes down to fear, right? Kirk talks about governed by fear. There's a parody account, actually, a pretty good one that talks about, uh, I think the name is governed by fear. And the reality is, is that Epstein is somebody that goes on Twitter asking people to accuse him so he can sue them. So when people ask <laughs> why Kirk's pod got scrubbed, why did it, why did okay. it get spiked? That's why. It's because Entercom and people, I was getting, you know, pe- people were going crazy. You've got SV Callahan out there saying, I told you, I told you it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> well, no, that's, no, that- it's not, that's not the reality. The reality is, is that Entercom and every company, why do you think Fox News hasn't asked him about it? Why do you think the Boston Globe hasn't asked him about it? Because yeah. he is litigious as fuck. That's why. Right. This is all about fear. But I'll, I'll defend my boy uh, SV Callahan for a second and just raise the question. Do you think this is... Uh, slippery slope, perhaps. Like if they, if this is a thing that uh, gets a podcast scrub, then maybe there's something else. Now that now there's a precedent has been set. Uh, the bar no, has been I, set. I, I or maybe so. maybe I think something this is else. One off. You think so? Yeah, this is specific so. to these particular individuals and this particular topic. And the, if he worked for iHeart or he worked for, let's say Cumulus, I think they would do the same thing. Okay, I yeah, hope I hope yeah. that's true. And I, I, mean, I, I think you are right about that. I'm just saying, you know, you see, you see what happened with the thing with the EI, where there's, 
you can get out ahead of things. And if, if uh, you know, righteousness is on your side, then you should be able to explain anything. Like I read, I mean, I, I don't know how much I can say, but I saw some of the things that Kirk may have said or may not have said, or written, whatever. Um, and it didn't look to me like there were any wild accusations made other than what's been reported and things that were said in affidavits and uh, uh, police reports and stuff like that. So I don't know how you would get away with suing someone if that was the case. Especially yeah. if Epstein did 13 months in prison. That's what yeah. I really don't understand. Well, but that's the, that's the other thing is that uh, Bob Holler in his, his horrible piece where he talks about Kraft's father and grandfather being ashamed of him, like this somehow his one moment of slip up, right, where something that I'm sure that there are plenty of Globies there in their fucking co-op fuckability pool. You know, there's a, there, let's, not, let's not open the skeletons in their closet. You got Bob Holler saying that and, and using the fact that Kraft has enlisted one of Epstein's former attorneys, not Dershowitz, but a different attorney, as, as a black mark against him all the while you got alan dershowitz the man who got epstein off one of the most prolific and virulent child abusers ever right and and I, this is where we should play the ziegler drops there uh dec <laughs> <laughs> but we've got one of the most prolific abusers of children ever and you've got a guy that got him off in 13 months writing for the globe and the globe is also at the same time with this little puke bob holer is trying to say that that's somehow a black mark against craft you are no good. You are worse than Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. And, you know, we'll try and be nice to the Globe because the Red Sox, I don't know if it's gone final yet, but they were taking it on the chin earlier. So I don't want to upset uh, them too much. Um, yes. but Ouch. I'm sure Kirk is so upset about that. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> um, but it's, it's kind of pathetic to see the Globe, owned by John Henry, take – Shot after shot, whether it's Brady or Kraft, trying to tear them down when it's so obviously just jealousy. It's almost like if you were subjected to doing a, a podcast in your dining room and you just kept taking shots at a radio station that has been around for 25 years. It's like, get over it, you big baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, eventually, you've got to hey, fucking hey, move on. <laughs> well, eventually well, he, the, the john henry has to stop being so petty and trying to tear down bob crap i really hope i really hope that there's not any skeletons in the closet of anyone in the red sox front oh, office i really I, hope like for example no one in in the front office who maybe makes a lot of trades and free agent signings is possibly possibly banging a Current, I don't know if she's current or former Nesson sideline reporter. I can't. I pray that's not the case because because the finger wagging will turn on you so quickly. And it's amazing to me that the Globe and Deadspin and all these places don't see that eventually it's going to turn on them. And in a lot of cases, it has. Nobody wags the finger like the Globe. They're happy to take victory laps and praise each other for their social media campaigns on feminism and all that bullshit. When it comes time to take action, they fucking cower right you got a guy like shaughnessy who has the gall to go on there like fuck he hasn't read bob holder's piece well i haven't read that bob holder piece i have no idea what that bob well, fuck you shaughnessy go why don't you go flop around with your bathrobe open and your short <laughs> curlies hanging out in another I, hotel in i think it was actually i think it might have been uh, chris curtis that actually i heard made the make the point the other day that shaughnessy has a tendency of doing that like he did the thing with uh, when kurt called him out uh, about the Twitter thing with uh, Goodell. Oh, I, I'm not good on Twitter. I'm not good on Twitter. It's every time Shaughnessy gets called out on something, he doesn't even defend his point. He just says, oh, I don't know that, or I didn't read it, or I don't know how to do this, or... 
It's like you're, you're a smart guy, Sean. See, in fact, you're pretty smug about how smart you are. So you can't yeah, use the, you can't use the I'm an idiot defense at, at a whim. And that's the thing. The, the Globe, he, these people just gloss over the fact that the Globe has a long and troubled history with sexual harassment, right? You've got, you got Brian McGrory with, 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 the, with the intern fuckability pool, right? I mean, let's not, let, let's not forget what they were doing with this and the fact that they swept that under the rug. One person got fired that Kirk outed, but, then, but, but no, no, no other action was taken. No other reparations were taken to actually fix the fix, fix situation. The whole thing's fucked up beyond belief. And you've got these guys that are wagging their fingers like Shaughnessy and Bob Holer all the while turning a blind eye to the fact that they've got somebody who is also defended a pedophile and Epstein writing for their paper that they don't even acknowledge. Fox News hasn't hasn't talked to him about that. Nobody's asked him that question. I hope maybe it's possible that somebody could get them on their po- get Dershowitz on on their podcast and discuss it. Maybe maybe somebody like Featherston, maybe somebody like Kirk, who knows. It, that would be great. But at the end of the day, nobody's willing to ask this guy tough questions, and it's because they're afraid. And well, that's why, guys, the podcast was scrubbed. That's that's it. And that's why I bring up Shirley Long because it's it, Shirley Long is not a feminist and doesn't believe that you should believe victims or any of the stuff that she espouses. She calls Kirk uh, a vile, sexist, racist pig, and all the things that she said about him. Not because she's a feminist and she stands up for women, but because she knows it's an argument that shuts someone down immediately. But if she were really a feminist, she would look at Alan Dershowitz and she would write a column saying, how can the paper that I write for support this guy and have them in our, have him in our newspaper? If she were really a feminist, that's what she would say. But she's not. She doesn't give a fuck about women. She just knows that throwing racist or sexist at someone shuts them down. No one looks into it. No one looks for proof or anything. People just say, oh, yeah, I guess that guy's a sexist and it ruins his life. It's, way, it's a way to grandstand. Yep. Yeah, it's agenda. It's narrative over fact. It's about grandstanding. But when we actually dig into things, like we dig into the Smollett thing, we dig into the Marty Walsh thing, there's, when you actually look at the truth of things, it's not always what they appear. The narrative is pushed by people who are in power and have agendas. Powerful people. People like, hmm, I don't know, own papers, own sports teams. Hmm, maybe we'll soon own radio stations. Hmm, I'm not sure, right? But that's, that's the reality, guys. So if, 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 if for everybody on Twitter freaking out, that's what it is. It's not, I don't don't think me personally again i'm not there i'm not dave we can ask dave colonane he's been very and i will give him props for this guy's been awesome on twitter he's been interacting with everybody he's been willing to answer most of every single question he i thought he was pretty good with us even well he was okay with us kirk was underwhelmed but um <laughs> you can ask him but i don't think that they're trying to destroy the show personally i think that they got scared that this is a third rail issue because intercom is a big company that doesn't want to get sued that Publicly doesn't traded company and that yes. has to come into consideration and that, but again, I'm not defending Intercom. They're being pussies. They're someone, being total pussies. Someone brought up an interesting point on Twitter, and the the reason it hasn't happened, I believe, is because he's under contract. Kirk mm-hmm. is under contract with Intercom, so there's nothing he can really do. Even if he desperately wanted to leave, you can't because they would sue him. Um, but if he could, if they offered him a buyout or something, do you think Kirk would rather just start something on his own? Especially because. Radio doc, what's the difference if it's Radio.com or KirkMinahan.com? Don't you think he would rather, at this point, after all this bullshit, kind of just start, which he mentioned, I, I think he mentioned about a year ago, the idea of starting oh, a, a thing for like $5 or something like that. But even if it was free, just starting the Kirk Minahan show the way Adam Carolla does it, where it's, you know, two hours a day, where it's like a real talk show, you have kind of a cast of characters there. It seems like that would just be so much easier than having to deal with the bullshit and legal ease of corporate America. 
I mean, it could be, but I think at the end of the day, I think he's still excited about Radio.com. Yeah. I mean, Radio.com is pretty cool. I mean, the Minifan show, we are now on Radio.com officially, so you can find <laughs> us there. Uh, just look up Kirk Minahan. We're like the fifth one on the list on the Kirk Minahan search uh, on there. So I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I think that possibly for the more freedom, but I think that he's put a lot of work into this. I think he's genuinely excited about it. I just think this is a speed bump. I think that this is this is Entercom being a bunch of you know legal pusses and and they're trying to cover their ass and it's just i mean that's kind of the nature of the business is that you you know what you got to have people in management people above you that have your back and are willing to take the heat look at somebody like but here's here's the also this is this is this should show you how powerful uh Dershowitz is look at Tucker Carlson the guy's losing his advertisers left and right the guy says things that you know on Bubba the Love Sponge things that some people find offensive whatever he comes across as this this sort of hard-nosed he's going to ask you anything sort of reporter and investigator He's had Epstein on, I can't even count, or not Epstein, uh, Dershowitz on, I can't even count how many times, never once asked him, right? That's power. That's Dershowitz's power, and that's why it was scrubbed. Again, I'm not mitigating it. Intercom is being pussies, but that's the reason, and it's a legitimate legal reason that doesn't change the fact they're being a bunch of, you know, bitches about it. Yeah. If I were Inter- if I were Kirk, I would stay with Intercom. If he goes on his own, he has to put in his own infrastructure with radio.com. He actually does have leadership who's behind him, although he may not feel the leadership at EEI is behind him. He does have people behind him. He has infrastructure. They're providing a studio. They're providing a producer. They're also providing a salary for a significant number of years. There's a lot of guarantees there. If for some reason this were to flame out, they have a groundbreaking talent they probably could put somewhere else. I don't think he wants to leave, and I don't think they want him to leave. Yeah. And for anyone that thinks they are uh, just kind of waiting him out and stalling the podcast as long as he can until his contract runs out, I will say that there's a lot of proof of that, that that's not the case. But the Let's main... use your brains for a second. I know you guys have <laughs> exactly. very small IQs. We are fucking morons, but we can get to one thing. That they also signed, I believe, Dave Cullinane to a contract. Not only is Kirk under contract, I believe Dave is now as well. So they just wouldn't pay a second guy to do nothing for two years or however long it is. Um, yeah, they, they signed so him to a very lucrative. It's a very lucrative deal, too. He's a very highly paid producer. Is that right? Did well, Ben Kitchen what... says 100 grand a year, right? God, Ben Kitchen. Ben, I'd be shocked if that having worked in that building, I'd be shocked if that was the case. But I don't know, bitch, bitch, baby, Ben Kitchen, man. I just, <laughs> I, I'm so disappointed. I listened to Planet Mikey. Oh God, it was like literally. I wanted to take, take, take a fucking pen and just shove it in my <laughs> fucking ears. Listening to that podcast, we'll get to him. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Later, but that, uh, that, 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 that stoner loser burnout piece of garbage later. <laughs> we will get to that because you guys you know you guys made me do a lot of work for the show i had to do a lot of reading and listening to things i'm not used to you doing so much show 20 minutes to mikey i had to listen that's that's a, not- that's a lot to mike adams more i've ever listened in my life when he was on air um but first if we're talking about censorship and and cowardice and things like that uh we usually don't do apologies on this show but i owe someone a huge apology because a couple weeks ago uh, and this is where this is where it's uh, we're getting into trash talk stuff. We did the Minifan, then we're doing trash talk. We're going back to Minifan. So stay with us, folks. But I owe an apology because a couple weeks ago uh, I called Jesse Smollett a liar and uh, that he, he you know faked out the, the Chicago PD and was wasting the taxpayers' money and all these things that I said. And apparently, I, Jesse, I am sorry. The guy is innocent. <laughs> did you hear? <laughs> they dropped the charges. I guess they found the two white guys that attacked him. So, That's Jesse, great. I am terribly sorry. I didn't realize 
that Chicago was such a racist city. I'm so sorry. Um, what do you guys think of this? The, the, the charges have been dropped on Jesse Smollett, and the reason is because I guess one time he did community service. Bullshit. Your thoughts. DC, you go think, first. Yeah, I, I think it's really strange when I see Rahm Emanuel on TV and he's talking and I agree with every word that he's saying. Yeah. It, it's such a strange place. I don't know. I don't know. What do they typically do for a first-time offender? Is this a normal thing? It seems as though they're validating this guy. He he got his plan through. It doesn't feel very good. It does give the impression, even if this is normal process for a first-time offender, that they're giving somebody star treatment. It's not good, and because he's going to get off, he may lose Empire, but he'll be back on another show, and now everybody knows who Jussie Splett is, and they can say Jussie over Jesse, and I, I wouldn't have known the guy otherwise. Yeah, I, I think that, for, for one, I think, Mike, you actually should be prosecuted because we should you should not doubt victims yes. of hate crimes. So I, I was wrong. I think that... I lied. Yeah, you you were you were wrong. I think that you should be thrown in jail. You're you're a, a heterosexual white male that <laughs> doubted that that is doubting a hate crime, and that's a very serious offense. And you should Agreed. be very sorry. You should Agreed. be ashamed of yourself. I am sorry. <laughs> Beyond that, no, I think it talks to. I think first of all, I think we really need to just look no further than white. Pri- oh, um, I think we need to look no further than. Uh, uh, the fact that he's a he's a rich guy, he's connected. I think there's there's some uh, there's been some allegations about uh, what was it the uh, attorney for Obama or I think it was her name uh, Lizzie or something. There was there was some sort of connection with uh, an attorney that was associated oh, with, uh, with Kim Obama. Fox. Kim Fox, that's what it was. Lizzie, yeah. what the hell am I thinking State about? State attorney Kim, Kim Fox. Fox yeah. yeah, that's right. So, and, and there's been some some text messages that have been released that make things look a little bit suspect. I think the, you have to look no further than, though to the hypocrisy than and somebody like like you know our our friend friend of the show uh, Jamel Hill uh, and her reaction to uh, I think her reaction it just illustrates I think what's wrong with the extremes of either both the left or the right today is that she's on the extreme left. Obviously, this was her reaction to. Uh, to the Florida prosecutors offering to drop charges against Bob Kraft. She said, see the way this privilege is set up, dot, dot, dot. All right, now let's fast forward, right? Jesse Smollett was accused of 16. You heard me right, 16 felony counts, right? And this is what she said. I blame the police for leaking information (laughs) and trying to win this case in the media rather than with actual facts. As a citizen, you wouldn't want the police to behave this way either. The police said they didn't even release all the, the most damning evidence. Like, they were saving that for the trial. All I got to say is, you know, yeah, I, I just got to give props to woke Jesus, right? I mean, clap, <laughs> I got to clap, clap back clap at back. woke Jesus, man. Clap back at you, right? You got that Maserati, though, right? No, but, I mean, that's the thing, is that it's just the narrative, right? In the first case, you're blaming white privilege when a guy that went and got a rub and tug or, or a blowjob, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? He's an old guy who got a blowjob from somebody who was not sexually or not uh, human trafficked. And that's that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. The, the two masseuses that serviced uh, Mr. Kraft there were not human trafficked. They were, they were either citizens or they've been in the country for years they had all licenses so it's it, it's it's white privilege or it's rich privilege in the first case but it's the police in the second case so i just it's just the hypocrisy of these people and it's it, well that's why i love that uh eddie johnson is he the chief of police in chicago i think uh I, I, the, the fact that he's a black guy made it a little easier in this case where he was obviously furious that they dropped the charges on jesse smollett and it just takes away that element of race where it's like, okay, come on, it's not a white cop going after the guy. Like, 
the cops get so much shit. And I went to Westfield State, which is like a big criminal justice school, so I'm friends with a lot of cops. And it's the amount... They're mostly idiots, the kids I went to school with. But not racists. So like, if you want to get on cops for being dumb a lot of the time, or, or uh, poorly trained or whatever, fine. But this idea that cops as a whole are just this racist institution, is, it's, it's gotten to a place that's detrimental to society. And that's why I wanted Jesse Smollett charged to the fullest extent of the law, because it cre- what he did was uh, create this image that uh, Trump supporters are racist and homophobic and violent. He created an image um, that you know black people and gay people are under attack in America, and he wasted <laughs> the cops' time and resources. And it also what it did is guys, you know, if you hate uh, guys like Jerry Callahan or Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. If you, if you don't like them, well, you've given them an excuse now, Jesse Smollett, that the next mm-hmm. time a hate crime happens, they're going to say, ah, did it really? Did it? <laughs> Look at Jesse yeah. Smollett. You just gave him an example to use every time there's a real thing that people just aren't going to want to believe. And it's, it's sickening. And it just sucks, man. And it's, I don't know if it's ever going to swing back the other way. It just fucking sucks. You know, Blind, the, <laughs> there is an element of no. nationalists in Trump, in the Trump camp. And there are legitimate issues where black people are pulled over by white cops. Yeah. It's, it's legit. It does happen. The, ch- the challenge here and the real shame is that because of what happened with Jesse Splamet, uh, I'm screwing up his name. Smollett. Is it's uh, Smollett? Is it's going to undermine those legitimate issues that are out there? Those things are legitimate, but they're going to look at this case and right. sweep some stuff under the rug. That's what the shame is. And to equate it to craft is insane. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, they're, they're not comparable. One guy got his dick pulled at a massage parlor, which happens. I don't know, every hour, every 15 minutes. What would a normal guy do if for the first time he was arrested for getting a hand job? Probably nothing. They'd probably sweep that under the rug, maybe probation. The guy's got no record. He has an excellent reputation. Of course he's not going to go to jail or get charged with something. Yeah, I think we also have to remember is that that we don't know, right? Was it was it Brian? Uh, was it Selter? He said that yeah. we, we yeah. at the end of the day we don't ever know what really happened no. on the street there. And and then the attorney, did you see the attorney uh, yeah. for uh, for Smollett saying that they, the Nigerian brothers, these massive bodybuilder right. dudes, were in white face? Yeah. So the two <laughs> the two guys that Jesse Smollett saw said were white guy that he could tell were white guys uh, wearing MAGA hats, screaming, "This is MAGA country." Those were. Two black guys, and also they they keep saying Nigerian as if they're like foreign. They're of Nigerian descent, but in the same way that I'm Italian. Like they're they're from fucking Chicago. Um, no, excuse me. So, have you met Jesse Spilett? No, I've yeah, not. Frank. Have you met him? No. No, I'm sorry, you moron. <laughs> well, the other thing. The, but where the are the fucking white that... guys that attacked him? Either arrest them, but and then and then explain to me why he paid them. $3,000, just randomly, why he called them before and after. There's phone records that show he called them before and after the event, and yet they just attacked him. Like, these are... You know <laughs> they what? put on we'll, ski masks we'll, and attacked We'll him. never know. And no, remember, he did community service with the Reverend yeah. Jesse Jackson, a guy that has never had any any problems <laughs> or, or, or personal issues in his life. And he, he forfeited this guy that gets paid a million dollars a year, forfeited $10,000 bond. So I think justice was served. And it's important to note that uh, if you, like, I, I know at my high school you had to do a certain amount of community service hours, and I think that was pretty standard. 
Um, so, you know, if you got those community service hours in, take a trip to Chicago and everyone gets a freebie. I think – well, it could be worse. It could be it could be Massachusetts and it, like where shoplifting is legal because you have the crazy <laughs> DA, uh, this, that crazy lady that's saying that you know if you're on drugs or if you say you're on drugs, you can shoplift and pillage and, and uh, commit arson and larceny and all that stuff. No, no worries. All good. You got a problem. No yeah. problem. So could always be worse, but this was pretty bad. This was a perversion of the justice system. And I think the FBI, from what I – you know, some tweets that I've seen, I think the FBI is looking into it uh, because it is a little bizarre. The records were sealed. You know, it's just it, it, the whole thing kind of reeks to high hell, and it just it, it doesn't doesn't sit right. And I think that there's I think this is not the end for Smollett, is what I would say. Yeah, all right, and but speaking of uh, justice being served and corrupt politicians and all these things, I guess you've got some breaking news for us. Is that the case? There's some yeah. things about uh, the mayor of this fine city. Oh, jeez. Do I want to go after him, man? Or do I have to? Because then tomorrow we talked about Epstein. Now we're going to talk about Walsh. <laughs> it's like, and we talked about Dershowitz. I mean, uh. I might have to. There might not be a Mark Hannon Balls tomorrow Twitter, Twitter account. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so so I got turned on to this topic, uh, and, and, and I know that Kirk got turned on uh, erotically to this yes. topic. When a Boston.com story was published saying that Marty Walsh has paid nearly $900,000 to a campaign consultant that employs his girlfriend. And I started doing some digging. I did some digging along with uh, our buddy, friend of the show, uh, Blobe, uh, on there on Twitter. Uh, and also this other guy that reached out to me, this random guy that I am pretty sure with the resources that he had to look some of this stuff up, that he's somebody involved in journalism that created his parody account or created an account like yesterday and had all sorts of great info that they just passed along to me. So. You know, take from that what you will, but okay. there, you know, there's somebody that's clearly friend of the show, or that's somebody that's a fan that 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 gave some information, and I did also was able to look up this information on my own. And it seems like to me, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with Walsh. What is? What, I mean, first of all, what was your reaction to that to that fact to to, to what you've seen so far? I, I'm curious, uh, blind, what you think. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't care for that, Nick. I I, feel, I know Rich Keith was talking <laughs> down to me. So anyone that uses that, I'm going to take as talking down to me, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I read through your tweet thread, and my first, my immediate thought was, "Does this guy have a job?" Like, what? <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm this? amazed I... the 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 meticulousness you're able to put in this research. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I know you have a job too. I know it's a full time job. It's yeah, not it like working at McDonald's. How the hell do you find time to do this stuff? Because I can, I could barely get through the two like forty page articles about Ziegler. Meanwhile, you're doing the work that's like better than a newspaper or, or a news organization. Okay. I mean, I appreciate uh, you know the the, the ass kissing. I, I, the I question do. is, how uh, do you do it, friend? Oh, shut the fuck up! No, <laughs> let's let's revert back to the issue because, like Kirk, on the day uh, where he ruined, uh, who was it that he ruined? Uh, he ruined his life. The, uh, oh, uh, the, Borges. Or, Borges. Like, like when, when he ruined Ron Borges' life, I, I can kind of empathize with how he was feeling because I think that there's a lot here. Number one, uh, Marty Walsh employs a company called LB Strategies, which stands for Lori uh, Bossio, I yeah. believe is her name. So well, you, and, you, you asked me what I feel, and I'm only saying this so you expand a little more. Sure. My thought was when I was reading it was a lot of this does seem odd, but what does it necessarily mean? You know what I'm saying? Like. Okay. A lot of the people that listen to my podcast, I don't know about your guys, we're, we're dummies. We're a group of dummies. So uh, as oh. someone once said, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Okay. <laughs> so, so based on the information that we've uncovered, in my opinion, it's possible, allegedly, that, again, hypothetically, Marty Walsh could be using 
a shell company, a consulting company as a shell company to funnel money to people that are close to him. That way he can illegally take campaign funds that he's fundraising and channel them back into people that are close to him and his live-in girlfriend. It seems to me that there is some sort of facts out there and some sort of evidence that, again, in my opinion, and allegedly, because we want to make sure we're not going to get in trouble here, it could be possible. Is it, That's it. I'm just raising the question. This okay. is all stuff that's publicly available. You can go to all the websites. I've got links to it and pictures on the Twitter thread, uh, on the tweet thread that I put out there. Um, but clearly, so we've got this Lori ba- uh, Basio. So she claims that, uh, well, she, she claims that uh, Marty is not her only client, right? First problem, there's no website for LB Strategies. Right. In, in fact, if you go to their LinkedIn page, there is a website listed on their LinkedIn page to the wrong fucking website. The website is LBL Strategies. They're like based out of Chicago. They have nothing to do with LB Strategies. Do we think so, there's any chance LB Strategies is run by Lyndon Byers and that that mistake is legitimate? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine, but I think I wouldn't put it. I, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, no. So so that's the first mistake. So we've got a LinkedIn page Swing that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, right. That was uh, that. That felt that come, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Blind. Here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. So I, I looked up their their business record. Um, first of all, they claim that they work, and it's in the Boston.com. They claim they work for some for LB Strategies LLC. To the best of my knowledge, that doesn't exist. It doesn't right. exist anywhere. You can look up. You should be able to look up these businesses available on public record. You should be able to look up. They they have they have to have licenses. They have to be legit in order for, for tax purposes. And it's not anywhere. In fact, the only thing you can find is uh, a company called, and it's got the same name. It's by it's by Lori uh, Basio, and it's called uh, LB Strategies Inc. So it was incorporated. One thing that's funny with that, that company was forced to dissolve uh, in 2012 due to uh, failure to pay taxes. So that company doesn't exist. It does not exist. To the best of my knowledge, Marty Walsh's fundraising through a campaign strategy group that does not exist from a business standpoint. And you, you also said, you also said uh, sorry if I missed you say this already, but the address went nowhere as well, right? So, so that's the other thing. So yeah. they, they list several different addresses, and there's some interesting stuff here. The first address they list is where the business agent is, and she also lists it. Uh, she lists her title, so president, treasurer, uh, secretary, director, and she lists this address, 85 Franklin, Franklin Street in Needham. So what I did is I called, and I said, hey, uh, hey, my name's uh, Dan. I'm calling from the Boston Globe, and uh, I'm, I'm, I have a couple questions about, uh, about, about your property there. I, was, I asked about uh, the, how many they had available. They've got two properties available, and I also asked if LB Strategies was still a client. They got real quiet, and, they, and the, the, the nice lady I was talking to goes, huh, no, no. And, and then I was like, okay, well, well there's been some accusations uh, you know, regarding the, the campaign funds with, with, with Mayor Walsh. Do you, do you guys have any comment being that you guys used to, you, you used to, have, uh, used to have the company there? Click. Hangs up right there. So the, okay. uh, the – oh, okay, keep going. Next, I look up – I pull the property records. So I pulled the deed and the property records, and the company, the the address is owned by uh, a gentleman called James F. Carlin. James F. Carlin uh, also sits on the board of Boston Chamber of Commerce and is somebody who knows Marty Walsh. So they got a little sweet deal with a buddy of Walsh to set them up at a address where uh, with with somebody who clearly is affiliated with Walsh. So that's that's the first thing. The other issue is again, I talked about how the company was forced to dissolve in 2012. Beyond that, and this is where things start get to get really, really weird. 
So Bossio buys a house in Florida, uh, and she gets uh, she takes a mortgage out in the house for fifty nine thousand dollars. Right? Guess what happens? So th- guess what happens two months after uh, she hires Higgins, the girlfriend of uh, Mar- 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 Walsh. They pay off the mortgage. Now I don't know how. I don't know how her fifty nine thousand dollar mortgage gets paid off. All I know is that two months after Higgins is hired, according to LinkedIn. And it's available on public records, right? In the recorder of deeds, every single mortgage, every single uh, mortgage uh, uh, deed gets recorded in the county the county courthouse in the recorder of deeds. You can pull these; they're all available for public. I, again, this is all stuff that's that's out there. The lien is satisfied. It's satisfied uh, on May twenty first, twenty fourteen. How is and, that possible? <laughs> and and uh, and and Higgins, Marty's girlfriend, is hired in uh, in in March twenty fourteen. So we've got. From uh, from March and then in May, the mortgage is paid off miraculously. So I think the, one it, of the things that is interesting, let's say everything is legit here. What's interesting is if I read the article correctly, it was nine hundred thousand dollars over a short period of time. It's three people working there. They seem to be very invested in the mayor because it doesn't seem as though they have any or many clients and. With such a small firm dealing with maybe the mayor and one other person, you have the mayor's girlfriend involved there. And that feels to me, it feels questionable. Yes, in, in my opinion, I think they, there's a conflict of interest there, or at least a possibility, again, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that's interesting, there's you can't find LB Strategies LLC anywhere. It does not exist, people. It does not exist. The Globe piece even states that uh, that... Most pl- that that craft or that not craft that Walsh is not paying an exorbitant amount. He's paying the standard amount, right? However, it also states that most politicians use three to four different consulting or strategist groups. He uses one, right? Again, a little suspect. Also, we talk about uh, his little rose garden party, right? Where you've got this fundraiser where folks can come in. I think they charge. They can some of them can be up to seventy five hundred dollars a plate to get into this thing, and. Uh, who always sits, at least over the past five years, has sat as an honorary chair, was none other than Lori uh, Basio, right, has sat. Now, again, that might not mean anything. It might mean something. Again, it's just, just another red flag. There's another issue, too, with Marty's charity. He claims that his charity is not involved in any uh, political campaigns, yet there are pictures available everywhere of folks that are out with the charity shirt, with 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 the sign- the emblem on the shirt on for, for uh, Marty Walsh charity, uh, out holding signs, campaigning for him fundraising for him and this is supposed to be a charity that's not involved in any political campaigns and yet it is again the, the thing the, the thing that's also interesting is that as of march 27th uh higgins uh lori higgins who the girlfriend of walsh doesn't seem concerned the, the article doesn't bother her at all she's still sending out emails and, and and fundraising emails saying hey come on by come on by you can get our suggested contributions right here 125 250 500 a thousand dollars rsvp but they, they they don't matter that does they, they don't care about that it's just interesting to me it just seems like there is just something fishy again this is all in my opinion i don't that i'm not trying to accuse the guy of anything this is all stuff available for public no. record we're just asking questions and i think it raises some concerns especially the fact of show me the llc where does this company exist? It doesn't. It doesn't exist anywhere. And I, you know, I'm not smart enough to uh, be able to debate, say, Marty Walsh on this topic. I'm sure he'd decimate me with a lot of terms I'm not familiar with. 
but don't what be I want to know, <laughs> don't be a wise guy. About I'm it. sorry. Sorry, Marty. Uh, but what I want to know, and I, I already know the answer, but I like to hear myself be right is this took you what few days to find all this information. Uh, took me, yeah, two days. Okay, two days. So yeah. why has not a single person uh, in any form of journalism in Boston looked into this, taken the time to look into it? Like, it's amazing to me that you took two days, found all this information, and, you know, have a lot of legitimate questions about why this is the way it is, and no one at the Globe or the Herald or Boston.com or any of these places have even looked into it, seemingly. Well, Let's because- use your brains for a second. I know you guys have very small <laughs> IQs. Well, I mean, because it's hard work. It's not as hard work right. as it is for Marty to not do, you know, boom, boom in his pants every night. But it is hard work. So uh, I think that the other thing is that Marty's a sacred cow. He's a he's a he's a cow from a from a, a body standpoint. He's also a sacred cow in Boston, where people really don't want to they they don't want to dig into things like this. The same reason that people don't look into Dershowitz. The same. It's just because there are certain people that are sacred cows that are that, that are third rail issues. And the question is, well, why? Why would we want to look into somebody like that? He's such a nice guy. Such a lovable yeah. guy. But then he's got the union ties that have to be called into question. I mean, how many palms has this guy greased over the course of his career? And the fact of the matter is that something is odd here. It's weird. You can't tell me there's not a conflict of interest. Your girlfriend works for the firm that's, that you're paying $900,000 to. That's a little bit suspicious, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, well, the other thing, too, is that most of the journalists and people in general, because we are in Massachusetts, most of the people around here are liberal. So it's not you, – you, you, they don't attack one of their own until it's cool to. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, such, I'm such a fucking dummy that I have to go to comedy all the time. But if you use Louis C.K. as the example, those rumors yeah. about Louis C.K. were out for 15 years. Forever. I, I yeah, heard about forever. those rumors forever. And, but it wasn't cool to turn on him. Until about a year or two ago, that's when it became cool. So once it becomes cool to not like Marty Walsh anymore, once it becomes you know a, a climate where we can't like him anymore, then people will write this story about, hey, what is this sh- sh- shell company that Marty Walsh's girlfriend works for? But until then, until there's other dirt on him, they'll never look into it. And that's the other the- thing that's the other thing that's interesting. Uh, uh, to, just to c- continue here, piggyback on this, and I know that I'm beating him to to a pulp here. Because, but again, this is all my opinion, right? The other thing that's interesting is that Marty Walsh has been taking out mortgage after mortgage on his property. You know, um, he, you know, again, this is all public record. You can pull this up, and he's taken out. He he paid off his mortgage and then took out three mortgages. Over the court in rapid succession, over and over and over again. So the guy's running through equity in his home. Again, I'm not. I'm not speculating anything. I'm not, again, I'm not accusing the guy of anything, but one of the most effective ways to move money around is to get, is to buy property and then, and then take the cash back out of those properties in the form of borrowing against it. It's a very effective way that you can take money out of properties. So it's just, again, there's another red flag, in my opinion, something that warrants a real journalist to go and investigate. I'm just a fucking idiot, right? (laughs) I'm just some dude that's got too much time on his hands that gets bored behind a cubicle and likes to research this shit. I, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby of mine. I like to investigate these things, but somebody who actually has the means that can actually really look into this, right. I think that I think that somebody really should look into it because there is something here, in my opinion. I think it's tough if you are working for the Boston media because just as just by the very nature of the job, if you're the mayor of Boston, you're a very powerful person. You have your hands in everything. The last guy who was mayor, Menino, even though he was a moron, this was an incredibly powerful person. He had his tentacles in everything. And if you are on the payroll of a news organization, do you really want to cross that? Right. Yep. 
Did you um, see his, his testicles and everything? <laughs> his <yes>. testicles. <laughs> uh, now, you gave us a lot of you know, facts and figures and research that we can yeah. pour through. So if you have the time, go through uh, Mark Hannonballs on Twitter. Go through yep. that Twitter thread and read all of that. But something much more palatable that you can get through in about uh, 20, 25 minutes was the Mike Adams podcast. Oh, God. Mike Adams finally... Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know the history of WEI, Mike Adams uh, did the nighttime show at WEI for years. Uh, he was a fill-in guy there for even 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 more years. Um, he got fired because of uh, essentially because of Mike Manansky got him fired. And uh, imagine that! Imagine how pathetic that is that Mike Manansky got <laughs> fired. What what a what a con. I, I don't uh, I that's, just yeah. don't that's, agree with that at all. But go ahead. That's just pathetic. It's just, I'm just, just I'm just so. No, 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 DEC, it's as pathetic as, like, watching another man, like, schlub your wife as you, like, stand in the closet and, like, quietly weep. It's so pathetic that Mike, <laughs> that Mike, that Mike got you fired. But anyway, continue. I think it's part of what got him fired, but we'll get right. there. I'm so, um, glad we're in agreement on this one, that you're, you're as fired up as I was. <laughs> so, Mike Adams, I, I guess, hasn't spoken about that publicly since, from at least from what he said on the podcast. I, I haven't listened to him since, so I don't know. But it seemed like he'd never talked about it. Then uh, his current producer and Kirk's old producer, Ben Kitchen. Um, jealous bastard. Ben he, did, he did. He did. He, 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 he does seem like a jealous bastard. I don't really know it's the guy. Baby but, Ben. Um, he was actually kind of rude to me the few times I met. I, I take that back. He was, ben Kitchen was the kind of guy that was nice to me, to my face. And then I would see him like making fun of me behind my back. And I was kind of like, eh, what a piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, I have no sympathy for that guy working for Mike Adams in fucking Hartford or wherever he is. Uh, but... He did Kirk Minahan's podcast, um, and they talked a little bit about Mikey. So naturally, Mikey then talked about Kirk and Mutt and the situation at WEI. Uh, only lasted about 25 minutes, but he, he did, a, he did a, uh, I thought, a decent synopsis of uh, what happened. And you guys felt like he was being disingenuous. Is that the, the vibe I got from you? I, I think it was more of... He, the vibe I got was, I'm a great broadcaster who is doing great things, and these two bastards came along yeah. and took me down. But I also got the feeling, he kept saying 20 years, 20 years, that he was entitled to that night shift. He was a lazy bastard. He was getting his ass kicked by Adam Jones across, Adam Jones, he was getting his <laughs> ass kicked. Adam Jones, and at the time, your friend and his Rich Keefe doing Susan Wallman impressions was kicking his ass. <laughs> and let's take a look at what Mikey Adams was doing when the Red Sox were in. Do you remember what Mikey Adams was doing when the Red Sox were playing? No. Giving away coffee cakes? Nothing. He was oh. off the oh, air. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. somebody. He's higher paid. He's, he is talented as hell. He's a very talented person. He does nothing with that talent. He's doing bong hits just before the show. And now you have Mutt, who's being paid much less, is doing the Red Sox games. He is shifting all over the place, all over the station. From just a business perspective, getting rid of Mikey makes sense. Yeah. I, so overall, I think you, could, you, you and I agree on this. Here's the one place I defend Mike Adams. Because I think you're right. I don't think the only reason he lost his show is because of Mutt. Come on. I, Mutt doesn't have that much power. Well, maybe he does. He got the morning show. But I don't think Mutt has that much power. He's low-key. He's an evil genius, low-key. I'm telling you. He must Mutt be, is a, yeah. He really he's got a, is. He's, he's got a hit list. Yeah, he really does. Kirk Minahan, Mike Adams. Um, so I, I don't think Mutt and Mutt alone got Mikey Adams fired. If Mikey was crushing it in the ratings, he'd still be there. But right. I was there the first time I was ever in a radio studio uh, was when Mutt invited me in 
this must have been four years ago at this point, um, maybe a little less. But uh, Mutt invited me in, said, hey, come do – I did like five minutes on the – so Mutt had the 10 to midnight shift by himself. And then 6 to 10 was him and Mikey. And then I think once they officially decided they hated each other, Mikey would also have like Christian Arcand and some, some woman in uh, to kind of cover yeah, for the, the fact that – cupcake lady. Sarah yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. To cover for the fact that Mutt wasn't participating. So Mutt invites me in, and he goes, hey, come in a little early. You can, you know, see the, the Planet Mikey show and all that. And I'd never been in a radio studio before. I was all excited. Ooh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to work for WEEI someday, even if I just get a podcast on there. <laughs> that'll, that'll be enough for me. Um, so I go in all excited, and uh, I come in for the last hour of the Planet Mikey show, and Mutt uh, lets, me in the, lets me in the studio, and he says, what's going on, man? And he says, uh, feel free to, you know, sit down, enjoy the show. And then uh, Mike Adams comes over to me, talks to me, nice, nice as can be. And uh, he lets me sit there in the studio. And then I take a look around, and I realize <laughs> Mutt left. <laughs> 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 like, there's, there's an hour of the show left. I'm his guest. And Mutt just left. And I didn't know, I don't know where he went. He just walked away. Like, I maybe went down for a coffee break or whatever. And then he came back when his show started. Now, I don't know if this was a nightly thing, um, but all I can say is if that was happening all the time, then Mikey wasn't in the wrong to say, hey, I've got this fucking guy, doesn't participate in the show, he's looking at the TV, he's looking at his phone, whatever. Um, You know, there needs to be some sort of a change. Now, I'll grant you, the reason Mutt probably was disinterested is because Mikey was doing some goofy stuff on that show and not prepared half the time or all the time. And it just wasn't Mutt's type of show. So I'll grant you that. But I don't totally blame Mikey for being like, hey, this guy's disinterested. Why is he here? No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think that I think that Mutt was a little more so preoccupied with like his bookie not breaking his legs <laughs> or how to pay for the extra large Uber because Carter can't yeah. fit in the regular or he was size just one. Um, I think that I think that there's a lot of issues. I think, or he was just shit faced. I mean, yeah. that could be a possibility as well. I mean, we know the guy is a torrid alcoholic. So, uh, <laughs> but but beyond that fact, I think that my biggest issue with the podcast is that those in glass houses should not throw stones. And you know, I know folks that used to work for uh, driving services and limo services. And you know, let's just say that maybe it's possible that maybe Mikey Adams didn't have a license for a period of time. And and you know, the fact that he's going to get mad at Mutt and and use yeah. the fact throw the W the the, the W E I the DUI thing back in his face. Yeah, when that I've I didn't heard, like. And I've heard, I've heard rumors again. These are just rumors uh, about about Mikey there. And I don't think that again, you know, uh, ke- you know, uh, Kettle say hello to the pot, as yeah. Dino would say. Um, the other thing is that he just has such horseshit radio instincts. My God, listen to this guy. This guy is talking about how how he is he he can't believe that the morning show. We'll talk about this. God almighty. <laughs> Welcome to radio. It was a good fight. You yeah. fucking load. You stoner loser. Nobody, not everybody wants to do fucking pub trivia and get coffee cakes and have, you know, <laughs> suck the tit of Mistress Carrie. Like, Jesus Christ, bro. Get, get over yourself. And it's just a sanctimonious bullshit. This whole meritocracy. I'm the senior. I am the sage old, old guard of WEI. I had the longest show there. Dude, you licked the nuts of, of Chad Finn. You serviced that guy. You bent over and you took his two inch dick right up your bumhole, dude. You little puke. It was just, it was pathetic. The whole thing was pathetic. And I think that the fact that he has such little radio instinct to not even understand that 
It was good radio. Yeah. And then the other thing he kept saying was that, well, they never called me. They never called me. Okay, Earth to Earth to Mikey, I know that you're on cloud nine somewhere. You can fucking call in. You think that Curtis and Ken wouldn't have taken your call? Right. They would have loved nothing more than you to call in and shoot and, and come at uh, Mutt. Like the whole thing just was – it just reeked of sour grapes. It was a sad, pathetic – Little impotent little man wiggling his dick around, wishing he could get a hard on. That's exactly what the whole thing was. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, didn't, go ahead. Why didn't Mikey just go with the argument there? So I got a couple of problems there. The name of the show is Planet yes. Mikey. Regardless of Mutt being on there, if he's upset with the way the show is going, Mikey's got to say something to him because in the end, it's Mikey's ass. And it's he didn't. Mikey's show. Right. He didn't say and anything. He admitted it. He didn't. Oh, no, not, not, only, not only did he not say anything, he said, well, thanks for bringing it up on the air, by the way, which is like, that's when you're supposed to bring it up. Bringing it up off the air is just a, a, a tension-filled, uncomfortable situation. Bringing it up I, on the I, air I is doing your job. It's content. radio right now. We're doing the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. You're right. That's the whole thing is he didn't bring it up. Why, would, why, why not come to Mutt personally? Instead of going behind his back and, as he said, treating him like a little bitch, he goes to, to, to fucking Phil Zachary and says, you know, I don't think Mutt is happy. Listen, listen. If somebody if, – if I went behind your back uh, there blind and I said, you know, we want to take – we, 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 we wanna, I, I want to – I think that, that Mike would be better off with a different work schedule. I'm going to make all his work scheduling decisions for him. You'd be pissed. Yeah, of Mike course. Mike a right to be pissed. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the only thing is I'm – the only thing I defend Mikey on is I get that if Mutt wasn't engaged, why Mikey wouldn't, have on the show, wouldn't want him on the show. But everything else – and you're right about the DUI thing. It's like Mikey's no Boy Scout. He was smoking fucking a vape pen when I was in the studio with him. It's like, you know, he's not, he's not uh, the, uh, this tame guy. It's like Mikey could fuck up, and I don't know if he's ever had a DUI, but who knows he could. I don't know if he still drinks, whatever. Someday that could happen, and that's kind of what we said at the beginning of this show is stop fucking throwing stones at people when you know that someday you could be in that situation. And I don't like that a radio station should fire a guy because he was at a drunk driving arrest. It's like, come on. You'd be, you'd be out of good disc jockeys. Yeah, and I think the whole show they should just it shouldn't be called Planet Mikey. It should be called Sour Grapes because you got little you got little baby Ben Kitchen over there that's so so sour that that and he has the gall. Come on, dude, you're gonna it's that's to 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 disclose someone's salary like that is such a low move right there. Like like imagine like that's that that's such a bullshit thing because that actually also affects content because then Kirk can't say oh well you're just a lowly paid producer because we know that this guy makes money. It it, it takes a little bit of the 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 veil off of the whole radio shtick sort of deal, right? Of producers not making money. It just seemed like a bitch move that you would actually go so far as to not. It's like it's like doxing the guy, but with pay. Like you're going to reveal his what the, what a man's what he, what a man's income is. I mean, yeah. I know that I know that Tangway did it, which I think was was glorious when Tangway <laughs> did it. That's a different story. Tangway is actually funny. Ben has never drawn a rating in his life. He was producing the the evening show and got let go because he was a medium talent. That's about it. Well, what I didn't I get about Ben was – should have – I was a little disappointed when Dave was on our show talking about the fact that, no, 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 some of these guys really deserve it. So nobody put a gun to anybody's head and said, you've got to give Dave this amount of money. And these other guys, if they're worth the money, they can go somewhere else and get it. I, I know producers work hard and a lot of them don't make that type of money. But if you want to go get more money – 
go get it. And if you're worth it, somebody will pay for it. Yeah. And it's not as bad as radio in the in the 90s and the 2000s where they would they would make these guys only work 39 hours a week so they wouldn't wouldn't have to pay them benefits. I mean, that was what that was the reality for a long time. Right. So 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 quit your bitching and and recognize that, you know, you know, that, that maybe you're just better off for a life producing, you know, a, a lowly rated podcast and selling marijuana ads. It's OK. Well, that's why so I had a problem. You're pro- trying to I, say Mikey's never coming on our podcast now. Listen, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm just fed up with Mikey. He wants to try and big time us. He wants to try and act like he's too good to come on our podcast. Listen, douche, you don't you, you don't <laughs> even have 100 ratings on your fucking podcast. You just scratched 10,000 downloads in total since your podcast has been in existence. And you have you've got fucking 16 episodes, my man. Like, oh. <laughs> I didn't believe. you're trying to act like you're trying to act like you're you're big, like you're big time. I'm sorry. I got I got you know, I've got you know, our, our podcast has got more compelling content in, in you know in in ten minutes of fart jokes than you put out in you know sixteen episodes. And uh, just to be clear, I'm also uh, just under a hundred ratings. So if we could get that up, so I don't feel like I'm being attacked right now. Oh, does that? Oh, you. Uh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, everybody go and, and uh, give a nice rating. <laughs> Five stars to trash talk, folks. Or um, or one star because I'm I'm loving that uh, no, tennis no, no. player. <laughs> giving our one star. <laughs> what what is the deal? Can you really not hold down a job, Mike? What the hell's going on here? What do you mean? That's what her that's what her comment said. That Oh, what uh, did she say? Did you, didn't you read it? No. Do you not you don't read the news clippings? I'll find it. Continue. <laughs> oh, that was What would you say? I can't hold on fantastic. a job. Is she referring to I was an intern and then I had a podcast somewhere that I don't anymore? Are those the jobs I can't hold I- down? I, I don't know. Just, yeah, continue talking about it. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. I'm gonna look she, well, I know she mentioned that my late mom was a meth head and that we, uh, <laughs> I think, what hang the out in the back uh, of a convenience store. So I did not like the one that said, I like MHB. Get that other guy out. He's terrible. That one hurt. I don't go This that. one was funny. That one was good. I, I like that one. <laughs> hey, wait, so, I, here it is. I here it is. The, it said, uh, and by the way, guys. Just like when Kirk asks for five full lines, he gets it. MHB is asking for seven fucking reviews of Blind Mike's podcast. You don't even have to Ooh. write anything. Just go and, five and stars, click the baby. button. You literally go and you click five stars. He's seven away from 100, 100 ratings. He needs that 100 ratings so that way he doesn't feel like I'm making fun of him, which, <laughs> which I'll make fun of him in other ways. Uh, this is what the review said. Just awful. One star. This oh, that one. Just, I, saw, I saw that one. This but I, maybe has, I didn't read it. This guy has no talent, he can't yeah. hold a job, and is desperate for attention. Take a pass on this. Well, it's all true, except for the can't hold a job thing. I mean, don't you... I was at Barstool for uh, a year and a half, and then I've had, my other, I've, had, yeah, and work- I've had my other job since. At Dairy Queen, yeah. Um, it's an intercom, then- but I don't want to say about <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. What are you doing? What are you saying? <laughs> no, but uh, you, you brought up the producer thing, and that was kind of my problem with paul on your guy's show is that he was bitching about money and it's like yeah man like and i i saw paul working and he was working crazy hours and he was doing a good job but it's like you were on a mildly successful midday show for like a year and then you quit so it's like where's the money supposed to come from you didn't earn the money yet you know what i mean like and that's the mentality of a lot of guys where when you see hear ben talking about dave it's like it's sour grapes maybe yeah. I don't know what uh, Jimmy Stewart makes across the street, but it's like maybe if you turned that afternoon show into the, the fucking powerhouse that Felger and Maz is or Kirk and Callahan was, maybe you would be making that type of money as well. Well, get past that. <laughs> so, so here's the uh, the Minifan uh, review, uh, and I know this is oh, kind yeah. of a non sequitur here, but I do think it's funny. Uh, Amateur Hour. This is from L Davenport 24. Thanks for listening, L. Oh, I, I think that it. guy doesn't like me either, right? 
That's the yeah. same person. Oh, it's the yeah. same guy. Okay. The same guy. So amateur hour. This sounds like two dim-witted children found a tape recorder in a trash can behind the trailer where they live with their meth-addicted mother. Beyond awful, this must be what people do when they get a day off from the recycling center. I, I you know, I would have said the plasma donation center. I thought that would have been a, a lower blow than the recycling center, but mm. that's just me. You know, uh, it is what it is, right? You know, <laughs> who cares? So thank you for listening, yeah. L. Davenport. And if you are, feel free to fuck yourself. Do you think? Do you guys know? Because you're more into the uh, parody account world and the Twitter world and all that. Um, do you guys know? Because it's come up a few times where accounts have gone after me, kind of in a similar way. Where it's like, where's this coming from? <laughs> like, why do I, I? I don't have enough listeners that someone would hate me yet like this. So, and, and I've gotten a couple tweets like that, and people have replied like, "Oh, this is Fred Toucher's burner account." Or Dale Arnold's burner account. Do you guys really know like what their burners are? Some people do. Um, the 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 BJBSJ guys yeah. claim that it was that them. I found, think they told me that. Yeah, they they claim that they found Freddie T's burner account. I think it was it was called like I think it was Flask Kirk was Freddie T's burner account. You remember Fred that? Stuff, DC? Fred stuff is pretty easy to figure out because of the tone of voice and what he says. Once you start reading into it, it's easier to know it's Freddie T. Yeah, one yeah, guy by told the way, me he's now friends with Kirk Minahan. <laughs> That's right. So I think that all is well there. Uh, in fact, I think that that Freddie T might actually be the guy that's 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 helped me with some of this research because the person on Twitter's name is is Freddie is Fred T. So th- thanks, Toucher. We really appreciate. It. Thanks for listening because this person's a fan of the show. They they they're a P one listener of the Minifan show. Uh, so so thank you for listening. Hopefully they're listening right now with the other. Uh, what do we have? Seventeen hundred people watching. Oh yeah, seventeen thousand. He wasn't listening to that one time you torched him with the uh, 99X stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, all, all is forgiven now, Freddie. Freddie T. <clears throat> well, uh, now, now that there's a truce between uh, Kirk and Fred, will you guys uh, admit that the Toucher and Rich show is great? Uh, no. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, every time I've listened, I've been bored to tears. It just seems like they they come across as assholes, and like not in a good way. Because Kirk and Kirk and Callahan, they came across as dicks too. But at least they had some fun. They're just humorless, and I think that's my other problem with Mutt. Speaking of pussies, um, let's talk a little bit for a second about Mutt and Callahan. They have not for one second touched this Marty Walsh story. If Kirk was on that show, that would never have happened. Well, they I didn't, said, not headlines, nothing. They didn't make one mention of it. Well, I said the other morning that I woke up around 7 o'clock and immediately threw on uh, EEI because Why? I said, because it was one day that I thought Jerry would be interesting. I thought the Jesse Smollett thing, right in Jerry's wheelhouse and something he's allowed to talk about now, I thought. And when I turned it on, it was them talking about whether or not ghosts exist. No. And 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 Mutt was like, ah, I don't think ghosts obviously don't exist. Ooh, and Jerry spooky. was like, Jerry was like, uh, so should we talk about whether or not they exist? I didn't get what the segment was. I was like, why are they doing? They were making fun I don't of Dale think and Jerry Keith did for talking from what ghosts. You're telling me. They, yeah, I don't think Jerry did either. But it was like Wiggy and Mutt going down this road of ghosts exist, and they were making fun of Dale and Keith for talking about it. But they were also doing it themselves. It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, TJ, TJ Hubbard's texting in. He just said uh, ghost talk. So I'm glad that you're listening, yes. TJ. I appreciate the fact that we have become uh, great little GIFs now. Uh, yes. Or, or is it GIFs? They're great. 
I we're, love it. We're part of the family. It's it's wonderful. We actually have some uh, some questions on the live stream, uh, Mike. Do you want to get to any of these? I'll, I'll answer anything. Yeah. So one of them was from uh, Tom and uh, what was it Tom and Aubrey? What happened with the Cullinane interview? At one point, he said he would do both podcasts. Was there a falling out with Blind Mike? Oh no, not at all. Uh, I never. I, so the reason I didn't have him on is because you guys got him first. Like while we were recording and found out that Dave Cullinane was the producer, uh, you immediately reached out to him and said, "Do them in a fan show." He said, "Yes." I did. So I, did. I figured. Um, I before I had even talked to the guy, I said, "I can't imagine he's interesting enough to do two hours in the same week on him." You're so I'll, I'll yeah right. So I'll let the Mina fans cover it, and you guys did. And then I just assumed that there wouldn't be uh, maybe down the road I'll have him on, or maybe I'll be working with him. We'll see. Probably not. But uh, I think uh, it's possible. I do. Think what's possible? That you could be working with him. Sure. Yeah. There's so yeah, here's the, here's the vibe I have now. I think it's that it's going to be Kirk and his producer Dave for a while, and then once there's um, revenue coming in or a way to justify a position for social media, I think I'm the guy. That's the vibe I've gotten. I don't think it'll be right away when and if the show starts, but I'm hoping that down the road there will be a spot for me. Mm. Um, what, was there anything else in the uh, chat that people were asking? I, th- I, th- I, think that, I think that was it. But yeah. I, I do think that at some point when we do one of these again, we should, because we've got our voicemail line DEC, we should see oh. if we can take live calls through the computer because you can answer those calls through the computer so we'd actually be able to pipe them in and, and actually talk to them so that's yeah, something I'm down for that. that we could we could think about in the in the future by the way guys text line is 37937 <laughs> um and uh we can uh, we can talk about that later on um what's your opinion here's here's what i want to talk about real quick this is totally off topic okay. mark moroso yeah. i want mark moroso to be kirk's stuttering john uh well the 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 chatter i've heard is that he might be what a wonderful dummy! Like, uh, <laughs> just, just like this, like this, like lovable, dumb oaf, and like, he's, he'd be perfect. Like send him out and make send him to a very uncomfortable situation, yeah. And like have him like go on the street and like you know I don't know like just like ask people what's the craziest place they've ever had sex, and then just and just see their reaction, yeah. And just see how how he just gets awkward and kind of like feels weird about it, and it's just he'd be perfect for that. He's kind of this unassuming sort of guy. I love the guy personally. I thought he was I'm, great. I'm thinking I think you could perfect. call it. You could send him after Red Sox games, and you could call the segment "Ask a Pink Hat." I think it would be perfect. <laughs> That's so, great. So from what I've heard, I think he's in the same position that I'm in, that once there is a budget for a second producer, um, I think they'll be keeping him in mind. That's what I've heard, uh, and I'm just, I'm just guessing about that, really. But I, I, I'm hoping for the both of us that we're on. I'm going to have Mark on a little more, maybe. And yeah. uh, one thing I would suggest, if, uh, if, if you like him, don't, uh, maybe don't watch his videos on Twitter. <laughs> I love these videos. They're so bad. It's like performance art. The one so where he's. What am I missing? Because I haven't seen him. You have to go to. It's, it's uh, at Mark I Jr. don't. It's at Mark Moroso Jr. <laughs> he's got a great video on there for for International Women's Day, and it's it's him and he's talking to his coworker about respecting women, and the camera goes to the coworker and then it goes back to him. Every time it goes back to him, he's losing another article of clothing, to the point what that the he's. Fuck? Just, <laughs> To the point that at some point, 
And the last clip, he's standing there in the studio, completely shirtless, his beer belly just hanging out there, just saying, and that's why we should not objectify women. <laughs> this half-naked guy saying, it was great. I thought it was fantastic. He needs, he needs to take some point, maybe maybe uh, somebody else to write the bits for him, but the yeah. way that he acted yeah, yeah. them out, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, well, you know who his orig- original sidekick in those videos were? Who's that? Colin, go back, go back a little further. Col- You'll Colin see. Lane. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Colin, Colin the. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at him. He, I've got, I've got uh, Colin Letty. He's talking on the phone. Of course, he's not talking into the receiver. <laughs> so nothing changed. Yeah. Well, Colin Luddy couldn't find a microphone if it hit him in the head. It really could. I mean, the guy, every time that he did your podcast, and maybe I'll blame your, and I loved your, your old producer. She seemed really nice. Yeah. But maybe uh, it's, it's not, probably not her fault. It was It was Colin's fault. I don't think he knows what, what end of the microphone to talk into. Yeah. He's, I, he's I just, in it. I say this with no. Uh, no sarcasm, no wink, no tongue in cheek. He is a complete moron, like a genuine, <laughs> a genuine moron. Like Are I've you never, it? I've never talked to someone I'm, as dumb. I'm as laughing him. at what Mike said, but I'm looking at these two guys at Fenway Park. I've ne- oh, they're feeding each other. Oh my! <laughs> so I'm looking at these two people, and they they appear to be. I didn't mean for this. I thought you. I thought be, you wouldn't like, go to the videos when I said that. I thought you would listen. Yeah, to no, me. I'm, I'm looking at the two of them, and all I can think is uh, this. Ah, <laughs> um, I'm not going to do it. Now it's gone. But uh, the two of them, they're feeding each other. They they appear like they have special needs or something oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> they don't seem bright. Yeah, well, so, Mark, so Mark uh, talked to me um, after we did the last podcast and said he wanted to start doing more. And then, like, gave me a bizarre, <laughs> a bizarre response. Like, he said, uh, get, get Cullinane on. And I gave him the reason I gave you guys. I was like, well, the Minifans got it. They're on my network. So it doesn't make much – and we share a lot of – most of my listeners already probably listen to your podcast. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to do the same show you guys did a few days earlier. And I told him that, and he replied, <laughs> already a fucking creative difference. Use your head, Mike. JK. Wow. <laughs> and then I was like, what? Wow. what? What, what is happening? We're not partners here. Like, what, what, is, what, is, what is going on? Uh, but he's, him, he's a funny kid. He's great, interesting. I, I definitely want to have him back on. I, I gave him that great podcast idea, the 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 uh, disgrace land, but for for like media uh, media inside media crimes. Yeah, oh, that'd be a great idea. But anyway, um, he still hasn't answered my DM. By the way, uh, so he needs. You know, Mark, if you're listening, go to your Twitter. Uh, I know if you can if you can find it, the DMs are the one all the way on the right hand side. It's the one that little looks like a little mailbox, the one that you go out to in the morning to get your cartoons. It's right over there. So click on that. You'll see my DM. Please <laughs> I think Dave, Dave and Mark would be about as close as you could get, I think, to Ken and Curtis. I know very little about Dave. I know a little more about Mark. But it seems like young Ken and Curtis. Here's what I'll say. I listened, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you listened to Stuttering John today. Yeah, I did. Fucking great job, Dave. The drops he put drops into the podcast. Yeah. Finally, we've got a we've got enough about me with some live drops. I thought not live, but drops after the fact. The other thing that that Dave was blown away by, and I don't know if it, if you heard in in the pod with with uh, with him, Mike, he was blown away that DEC and I, and even on this show, that we tape this live and we do our drops live. Like You're he professional. He thought really? that he thought that we just like click record and like we edit things out and we added all the drops in later on. He had no idea that we did all that shit live. Like he was blown to. away by that. When it started, we did that, but figured out how to do it the right way. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys, we're, we're all not, right, boys. Fuck around here. Yeah, this was fun, man. This was fun. I enjoyed it. 
We'll have to do uh, Mike and the Minifan some other time. So we're releasing this as mine and yours. Is that what is that what's happening here? Yeah, we can talk off air about how to okay. how to send the file so that way I can upload it to our RSS. That uh, we can figure that out. Yeah, so that's cool. the key. Send the feed to MHB. He's doing it. I am right, not no, doing do that it. tonight. I, I'll take care of it. I'll take care cool. of it. Just send it over to me. We'll and, figure that uh, out. We'll figure that off there. So this, this if you're boring. listening to the Minifans, subscribe to their podcast if you're not already. Give them a five-star rating positive review. Uh, Minifan Show on Twitter. My podcast is at Trash Talk BSN on Twitter. Give that a five-star rating and positive review. And uh, you can find us everywhere else. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blindside Pods. BlindsidePods.com. You can find and both it, podcasts there. It is the weekend, right? It's, it's, it's people it are most likely going to be listening to Friday. So, uh, do you want to play us out? DC? Take us out. It's currently twi- uh, Jesus, Mary. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Good weekend. Great show. Another, Another perfect show. Perfect show. <laughs>